Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the AN and After Show. My name is Lindsay Loveridge, and today we've got both our co-hosts back. AJ is I'm back, fresh from vacation. He <laughs> is back from Hello. traveling cross country, so yes. we're all here to get caught up on my villain academia. But before that, I want to remind everyone to please sign up for our newsletter at www.amnewsnetwork.com/newsletter, and also head over to kimonomerch.com to get your AN gear. It'd be great if you guys like bought the coffee cup and then sent me pictures on Twitter of you drinking things out of your coffee cup. Like that would be fun. Please do that. I um, have that cup. It's the best. I have that cup too. Yeah. Also, it's going to be hoodie season soon and there's hoodies over there. And I swear up and down, softest hoodie I own is our anime news network hoodie. It's real cute, discreet. You know, it's not real loud, mostly black. We've got the logo on the front. We've got, you know, it says anime on the back. So everyone knows what you're about. Go get one. It's like simple. Just, just do it. All do right. It. Do it. Just do it. So this week's episode of My Hero Academia was actually pretty intense. Again, they've got a couple different storylines in there. But before we get um, into the lowdown on Himiko Toga and Redustro, I wanted to talk again, because I won't shut up about it, the live-action Cowboy Bebop show that's coming to Netflix. So... We got some good pictures. Jackie and I shared those last week um, What that just dropped from Netflix. And go check them out. Check out John Cho's abs. Check out the Corgi, you know, whatever you're into. Dogs, abs. They've got all of it there. Uh, John Cho was just in an interview with Vulture uh, that dropped today. And something that I thought was pretty interesting that is that he's pretty frank about some of his concerns about the upcoming series. Not because there's any issue with it. But because inevitably he's going to be compared to everyone's first anime husband, Spike Spiegel. And those are really big mm-hmm. shoes to fill. Um, I'm kind of feeling for the guy here. If, any, if you guys want to go read it on AnimeNewsNetwork.com, um, I will drop a link in the YouTube chat here so you can go ahead and, and check it out. I think when you take on an iconic role, in this case it's an iconic anime role, but when you take on any kind of like iconic role that's been established in a book... Or other franchise, you know, that's just, that's got to be really intimidating, especially, and he touches on this. <laughs> Good to know, Alan, thanks. Um, he touches on this. Uh, he's much older than, and I think we've all talked about this too. He's much older than Spike, and he knows that people are going to are gonna point that out. But I was just kind of wondering what your guys' thoughts were on John Cho and the role and some of the anxieties he might be feeling. Do you feel for the guy, or do you think, like, this is what he signed up for, so... Honestly, that's something that I don't think gets talked enough about. So I'm, I'm a little caught off guard that uh, you don't usually get a chance to have actors be that vulnerable so openly because, like you said, Jackie, I think a lot, uh, I'm sorry, Lindsay, a lot of people are very much like, well, you signed up for this, so you know what your responsibilities are, and you can compare this to literally portraying any character. I, I think we all have at least like one actor when they got cast in a role and it didn't make sense in our mind or what up scarlett johansson yeah i, I was thinking of like more muted examples like, <laughs> and I like playing batman or something like yeah that. i didn't like that one either to be fair 
Oh, I thought it was great. I, I thought it was one of the best things about those movies, um, which doesn't say much. But it's one of those things that it is a lot of pressure, but someone's got to do it. I get, well, no one has to do it. They didn't need to make a live action Cowboy Bebop series. Um, the world would have kept spinning right. if they didn't. But especially after some of the uh, attention that his co-star got within the same week, like her expressing her opinions about the character. Okay, and... I'm glad you know about that because like that totally did not come across my timeline at all. So I don't know oh, anything that was about. Huge. It was huge. Oh, okay, please. Yeah, you guys fill me in on that because AJ can elaborate. And then I want to talk about um, John Cho for sure. So I'll okay. let him just continue. Okay. My yeah, turn but... after. <laughs> oh yes, please. Uh, basically, the TLDR was the uh, the actress that plays Faye. I think it was an Instagram live that got shared around. Uh, okay. She basically um, was responding to a lot of the criticisms that people had about her outfit and how it wasn't super accurate. And she was giving like practical excuses for it. And a lot of people called bull on that. Like cosplayers can do it and stuff like that. Why shouldn't you be able to do it? Cosplayers and, don't do stunts though. Yeah. As a cosplayer, I can assure you, just because something looks accurate, oftentimes, sometimes the more accurate something looks, the harder it is to move in. No, there's mm -hmm. no way. Yeah. No way. And, and I work cosplay all the time, and that there's no way to wear that outfit and be doing like action stunts, you know? <sighs> Unless they pin that and really like duct taped it or something. Because I was like, oh, you, I mean, Lindsay, you know, you're we're we're both women here, like wearing stuff like that, like stuff's popping out all over. It doesn't matter what your body type is, you know. Sometimes like, you do stuff for the gram, but it's like, don't make me move or walk. Like, you do or, stuff yeah. for the gram, but it's like you ain't like running around a cathedral with a bunch of people shooting at you. Though she was in the amazing red, like long, elegant gown for that scene. That's but you true, know what I yeah. mean? Like it's just like that I thought it, we did, Lindsay and I messaged about this. We thought it was practical and cute and gave shout outs to it. And like her costume was comparable to like the kill a kill costumes. And we all know right. like, yeah. the kill, kill costumes were like, there's no, like when I see girls wearing that and when I'm at conventions, I'm like, damn, no. how is that staying together? And you're just like walking barely, you know what I mean? Like, how do you eat in it even? Like, I don't even like, know. I'm going to be a grown up for a second. Okay. Like, Faye's original outfit is probably latex. Like that's kind of like PVC latex is the closest material you're going to get to those shorts and that that top combo, right? Okay, um, it works for certain situations. Uh, you can buy a whole line of it, you know, for the bedroom and stuff. That's what that is usually used for. It's not. It's not practical. I mean, right? it is. It's lingerie, man. I mean, like it's, that's a yeah. very provocative outfit. And I mean, yeah. like it's cool. I mean, go to my Instagram. I wear provocative outfits all the damn time. But it's just like for her to be fighting in it and flying a ship and like you know, like there, like I would never wear that. You know what I mean? For like, that, like practical. Yeah, you can like I mean, make you can make sexy and practical too. Like for that sort of thing, right? Like, I thought it was sexy. She's yeah. wearing like fishnets and like nice little high-waisted shorts and a crop top. Like I was like, I thought she looked pretty dang good. Yeah. But so anyway, that's just that's just my aside about her uh, costume. I think people complaining about it are being a little too weird. Yeah, I, I think we're all in the same boat with that. Where it was, it was very much like go outside. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is what I feel about it. It would have been cool if they had her 
in that outfit like once or twice. So you mean like it's like, hey, she's lounging around the, you know, she just woke up and she's like walking around the ship. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Well, they could maybe- have made the shorts yellow and pleather instead of like as shiny yeah. latex. There were ways to do it. But I mean, yeah. the ye- yellow, yellow, like that wasn't going to look, I think, particularly good in real life. I think mm-hmm. you also have to understand like there's good character design and then there's, and that works in animation and that doesn't always like one-to-one transfer over to real life. You can end up looking kind of, you know, yeah. kind of dorky otherwise. But I, I feel like this still is in essence, very similar to the outfit. We don't know that she's going to wear that jacket the whole time either. Maybe she'll take the jacket off and then, you know, yeah. you've got the exposed shoulders or, or whatever. Yeah. But I guess AJ, we kind of cut away from it. So what she, she was giving practical reasons on Instagram. So why were people getting so sensitive about that? Because it's the internet and- Okay, so she wasn't yeah. being as flippant as like people are making her out to be. <laughs> she, she was well, very she direct, was, yeah. Yeah, she was like chill on it. And I think yeah. people don't like being told that. And I'll yeah. be honest, like, you know, I deal with criticism on my like platforms and it's like, I just don't engage. Like, it, it's just like, it's not going to s- do anything. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. person feels that way. And like, you're probably not going to say anything to convince them otherwise. And also she's not the costume designer. So I don't, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Like it, it, I was kind of like, whoop, she did that, you know, but I get why she did too. She felt defensive about it. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. it was funny. I saw a lot of responses and people were like, oh, wow. Like a fiery, petulant actress was casted to play Faye. Like who would have thought? That's so <laughs> weird. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, right. yeah, what would Faye do? Yeah. What would Faye That's Valentine do in our time? And yeah. someone hated on her outfit. You better believe that girl would have been on Instagram live cussing everybody out. Like, and then throwing a temper tantrum and hitting the phone. Like, that's why we love Faye Valentine. Yeah. So I, I honestly was like kind of shocked by her behavior, but I was also not like, I didn't think it was, I was like, just like the some of the Twitter comments, it was like, what would someone with a fiery personality getting attacked do, you know? And it's like- I think also, it. you can understand her getting, even though she didn't design the costume, right? She's just portraying the character. At the end of the day, people are still commenting on her body and they're saying like, we should be able to see more of your body. Your body's not exposed enough because your outfit isn't accurate to how it would be. And like, yeah. I could very easily see like, hey, chill on that chill chill on that yeah okay like maybe, sure. she, maybe she was totally feeling herself in this outfit and think she looked great or whatever and then you got anyway so uh, yeah also, i don't think she had that much control over it i think no, she had a costume no, designer who said don't. put this on and and this is interesting this actually kind of leads back into um what we were talking about um with like the casting of um spike Correct. so john Cho, like i don't think he had a lot of control over taking this role or not like i think he could have said no but in the end these people need to make money so he got offered this role for a long show on netflix like who's gonna say no to that yeah like it would have been like jackie you have to wear a garbage bag and like (laughs) act like a fool and i probably would have been like are you going to pay me? Is it going to be good money? Like, okay. And I think John, like, because a lot of people are like, why do these actors take these roles? They have a decision. I'm like, no, bro, they need exposure and they need to make money. Like I think John Cho needed to make money. And I, I'll be honest. Like I was not thrilled with the casting of John Cho and I love John Cho. I think John Cho is super attractive. The man is like 51 or something or like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you look amazing. Whatever you're doing, like, please, like, tell the world. Um, but for me, I thought that, like, there were definitely people they could have gone with otherwise. Like, I thought Harry Sh Shum Jr. Do you remember him from Glee? Yes. He was a good dancer. He's got great he, footwork. Yeah. The, the body type, Spike. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Um, Ross Butler, who was in Shazam recently, he okay. was like one of the kids who like grew up tall, oh, yeah. good looking guy, big hair, like, and, and Harry Shum's like 40. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that really. Like, yeah. But it's just that I'm Harry Shum looks really, really good for his age too. But yeah. I'm just like, and, and we've talked about this before. In my opinion, Faye looks 28. She looks like Masato and Rutsuko, Rutsuko's age from uh, yeah. Neon Genesis Evangelion. And I thought Spike was our age. I thought he was like maybe 32, 33. Yeah. And yeah. yet I thought was 48, 45 yeah. minimum. And dude is my age. So that's just like, what is going on with the ages there? Wait, how and, old is Spike? I actually don't know that. Spike is like 27. 20. Wait. I thought it was 23 actually. No, no, no. Phase 23, I think. Oh, we'll, we'll look oh, it up. Okay. But I mean, regardless, did really? you think did you think Spike was like younger than you, AJ? Right. 27. Yes. Yeah, no, no. The way that guy conducts himself, you're not I mean the guy has already I guy guess has already lived through vibes from Spike. Yeah. He's had right. like a whole tenure in like a mafia syndicate. How old's Vicious, right? by the way? Because Vicious could be pushing like his forties too. He's got silver hair. Uh, the, let's just say they've seen a lot of life yeah. to be looking the way that they do. He's the but, same age as Spike. Is he okay? Yeah. I love Vicious, which makes, by the which way. Makes beautiful, sense. beautiful yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I wasn't. I was just like, why did they pick John Cho? And he's like, and I I think John Cho can pass for like late thirties, but like. He just didn't seem like the pick for me, you know? Yeah. But I love John Cho, love the anime. So I'm like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to give it a fighting chance. But like you telling me that he was concerned about it, the guy wanted to work. Yeah. He and talks about it in the interview too. Like you can go read it on Vulture or I've got, you know, some of the points in our ANN article as well. But I mean, he, he, he hadn't actually seen the anime before him, but he was, um, he talked to the director of a movie he was in previously, uh, Searching, I think is what it was called. And they, uh, the director was like, you need to take this role. Like this anime is legit. And then he said he went and uh, watched it and totally loved it, of course, and uh, ended up accepting the role. But yeah, it is definitely outside of his usual wheelhouse. I don't think he's really done action stuff before either. So he does talk about that. And I feel bad for him because, I mean, he tore his ACL on set. Oh, that too. Not a fun injury. Got delayed. No, Not a fun injury. I have a relative that had that, and she had to have a bunch of surgery, and she she tore it just playing volleyball, too. Yeah. Sorry, Jackie. Like, no, I don't mess with that. I've had so many friends tear that, and it is that is emotional and mental and physical pain on a different level. Like, you don't yeah. want to go through that. Yeah, a lot of rehab. Um, all kind, you know, and she's definitely younger than John Cho was when she got injured. I think she was in her. She was in her late twenties, so and it still was, you know, a, a major injury that she had to recover from. So, yeah, I can understand him feeling a lot of uh, pressure. Yeah, pressure for so this. So here's role. a good point. Someone in chat said that like wasn't he cast a long time ago for this? And I don't know that. I don't know that for a fact or not. And 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 honestly, like casting rumors. Like you never can really trust those, but um, I don't know how long he was in talks for it. And I do feel like this, this project did take a while to get off the ground. I think the project was announced six years ago. I it may know. have been, but 
I would have to look it up for sure, but like yeah. live action Cowboy Bebop has gone. It's been like a roller coaster. You know, Keanu Reeves was attached and it was going to be a movie. Keanu Reeves, 10 years ago, is Spike. Missed opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Like, it's okay because we got Keanu John Wick. Reeves as Spike. Like, I'm just that. I mean, that's just that's a travesty that didn't happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, so anyway, sorry. He was in a Cowboy Bebop movie. It was called John Wick. Yeah, so he did John Wick. You're Spike. right. It's John, Wick, Spike, John Wick. It's just Spike Spiegel getting revenge after someone kills Ayn. I story, knew right? you were going to say that, and I didn't want it to come out of your mouth. And I <laughs> knew I was no, okay. not going to say killing Ayn, and she did. She did. Yep. She did. Everybody. Dog dies in John Wick. That's the whole thing. Is the yeah. dog dies, and that's probably like Jackie. Remember, that's probably going to be like the most sentimental thing we talk about on this episode tonight. That's, that's true. I think it's about time that we start getting into uh, My Villain Academia. So this week we're on episode 109 of My Hero Academia. We're at the second episode into the My Villain Academia arc. Uh, AJ, did you get a chance to watch this in the previous one while you were on vacation? Yes, I am all okay. caught up and I have thoughts. All right. <laughs> I'm really They've been good. They've been good episodes, so... Now, yeah. I, I did see a bit of your guys' live last week when I had internet in Aruba, which I did not expect to have very little of out there. Um, we missed you. It was yeah. it's it it's was weird. It was like a hole was missing. Like yeah, I agree. I mean, it's fun chatting with Lindsay. Lindsay and I chat all day, essentially. So it's like not like it was great <laughs> chatting with Lindsay, but it's like we missed your insight and everything. Yes, so. yeah, oh, I'm you were glad. Missed. I'm glad that I I'm glad that I leave a presence here that is you missed. Do. You do. You missed, yeah. And I will make up for lost time by talking about episode, I believe this is 19 of season five of my hero my villain academia. Interesting. Why is everyone with, saying that? That's what the title card said. I know, but like did that's the name of the up with that or is that a, like a thing going on? My villain oh, academia. Oh, you're right. It was. It's the name of the arc, and now once this arc since last week, whenever the the credits start, it says you're my right. villain academia. Now I got of... it. I thought this was just something Lindsay kept on saying. I was like, I oh, wish I could take credit for everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, everybody. Nope, yeah. that is legit the name of this arc. And uh, last we left off, uh, Shigaraki and his merry band of misfits are training, trying to earn favor of Doctor Eggman in order to take over whatever it is that all for one left him and while they were out doing stuff in the mountains they were contacted by the metal liberation army who is uh, very pissed at them because it's ostensibly hey uh we've had this ideology and this slow spreading influence going on for like the past couple of decades and you guys just kind of came out of nowhere and stole the spotlight so uh, we're gonna take you guys down and we're gonna use that to boost our popularity and make a name for ourselves. So come to this random town in the middle of the mountains. And But before that, this episode starts with a bit of a flashback regarding what the Metal Liberation Army is. So this is a detail that the series kind of skims over. It used to be recapped a lot at the beginning of the series, but when quirks were first introduced, there was chaos like everywhere. People didn't know what to do. It was very, it was very X Men. Now that I think about it, um, yeah, love that comparison. Like, like that's what immediately what I thought looking at this pro, uh, looking at these protests here, because it's like, you know, we we want 
this is who we are, we want freedom to express ourselves. So an ideology ended up being born by a guy named uh, Destro, and he was given that moniker because he wanted to destroy the current systems that were being put in place to manage or mitigate uh, people with their powers and everything, ostensibly the precursor for the hero society and stuff like that. And eventually he was, he, he was a big spokesperson, amassed a lot of influence, had a following, uh, but then was eventually killed. Are we going to talk about how he's low-key hot? That totally would have worked. I was just saying that. I was like, he's hot. His son is not. I don't know what happens, but I'm not trying to be mean. But it's like, this guy is like one of the more attractive guys we've seen on My Hero Academia. And then, I'm sorry, really? Redestro. I, I don't know. Maybe I should just be quiet. I'm being Come on, look at that receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to say anything. I've already been mean enough pointing it out, so we'll leave it at that. But definitely, no, Destro was an attractive man, and that's all I'm going to say. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, also, bear in mind, this dude is very old. Like, we were just talking about age. He's, like, it's a, it's almost a, this is kind of something that uh, I'll get into a bit later with regards to how the anime is actually telling this story, because due to the episode cap and everything, it is very different from the manga. Like, this whole scene is kind of framed like a flashback it's got like a few chapters in the manga and he actually does have a complex about his hairline and how he looks so but that that'll probably come up again later with regards does he really now i feel bad you know he he's got a complex about his hairline See, he's really mean and this he's terrible right so now i shouldn't feel as bad this is why i've stopped doing this because i picked up like multiple arm eyeball guy and i found out that he he's wears a mask not. because he's afraid of scaring children i haven't been able to live with myself so <laughs> i just stopped yeah don't I feel bad stop. he's he's a, he's a bad guy Although I will say it's funny bringing this back it's funny that you low-key find like staying hot and then Dog the guy with the biggest nose, though. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. What, what do you got against Think noses, Jackie? He has you a nose. Know. If he was a real person, he would have a nose. We're not, we're, we're not doing time. this. We're not doing this again. We're not doing <laughs> right, this thing. Yeah, we're not again. No. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, yes. Redestro here was the uh, unknown son of Destro. And he has been pretty much living his life trying to carry out his father's ideology, getting his books printed and distributed. And him and his uh, cohorts basically are in major positions throughout Tokyo. So it's kind of easy for them to subliminally uh, amass this following. And that even includes some heroes like this guy who I keep- Slip and slide. Yeah. I get massive Peter Griffin vibes for some reason. I know. I look at him. It's, you know, he looks like the guy who was in um, the wheelchair, like with the really big chin. Joe Swanson. Joe Swanson. Yeah. He yeah. looks, doesn't he? If Joe Swanson had like a, you know, was bald and had the little. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, totally. The chin, the chin is it's really the darn close. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. God, it, it just, it feels so uncanny. But yes, he pretty much. Uh, the, the villain group ends up coming to the town. He's basic comes, rolls up acting as an escort. And as they're walking through the town, that's when it becomes very clear, like, oh, these guys, it's not just citizens. It's also heroes that they kind of uh, got bought into their ideology. And then kind of without warning, it's like, yeah, we're just going to kill you guys. And literally the whole town starts fighting them. Like 
random people on the street, shop owners, heroes on the roof, just all go in and it is pure. It's literally the six people versus a whole town. And like, it's like a town of sleeper agents, essentially, right? It's yeah. Like a, it's like a, yeah. So they're just all aligned with this ideology living out in this weird town. It's like... They're also trained. Like they yes, trained yeah. their lives to not only present themselves like they're living normal lives, but they trained in using their quirks and basically, like you said, sleeper agents. It's it's like those things in movies where you walk into a room or something and someone snaps their fingers and everyone in the room like just kind of points a gun at you. Yeah. And you have yeah. no idea yeah. about that. That's basically what it is. And um, there are a couple of different fights and inciting incidents that go on, but the main fight that the episode covers is between uh, this woman who I just forgot her name. Curious. Wow. Curious and Toga. Uh, such a good picture of Toga. Oh, I have so many Dude, pictures of Toga for this episode. Curious versus Toga slapped. I was loving this. It was great. It was the a very kidding. intense fight. No, no, it's fine. It, it was a very intense fight where basically Curious is a renowned journalist and she's her contribute her contributions to the Metal Liberation Army is basically re creating stories that win the hearts of the public. She's the propaganda arm. Exactly. And so she ostensibly wants to turn Toga into like, we're going to just, we're going to destroy the League of Villains, but you, you can kind of be the face of that destruction and we can use that, you know, to promote ourselves more. So tell me your story, like kind of egging her on and expositioning Toga's backstory throughout the entire fight. Yeah. She uh, wants her, her backstory to basically like be a sob story to like, win. Uh, yeah, she wants to murder her so that, that once they publish her Literally. set. God, yeah, seriously. Is that like a reference to a classical art piece? Because it seems referential. It feels like it. I didn't really look it up, but it is very much like it, it feels like something show? from the Bible. Yeah. Show. yeah. Yeah. I didn't even notice like this. The art is so different. I was watching it on a really small screen though, but I'm like, wow, this is definitely. Well, this is a still shot. There are a lot of still shots in this episode, and that gets to some complaints that people have had about this episode and a bit of this arc. But ostensibly, yeah, she's explaining Toga's backstory basically like, oh, you used to be like an average girl, and then you just ended up becoming a serial killer. Nobody expected that to happen. But in reality, you're you're tossed away by society, and isn't it a shame that you couldn't liberate yourself, that you couldn't use your powers like you wanted? Basically, saying what you want and what we want aren't different, but because you didn't re you weren't really on our side, you're the perfect martyr for this for this story for our cause. Um, and during the fight. Toga's basically like getting hit by everybody. Uh, Curious's quirk allows her to basically turn anything into a bomb. And she's you know, blowing up the blood in her mouth. Like, yep. so this is supposed to be the, the okay. artistic reference. It's called, uh, people point out in chat that it's called uh, La Pieta, which is um, the Virgin Mary holding, holding Christ in her arm. The, this would presumably be after he's been taken down from the cross. So. Yeah. Really charged imagery to sort of to sort of reference there. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. But you know, anime doesn't have any uh, ref any potential political or religious references or anything. 
And that is totally coincidental. Evangelion? <laughs> <laughs> There's none of it in there. There's not really like none. anything like that. No, no, because like nothing is in reference to anything else. But uh, yeah, in a last ditch effort um, to survive, she ends up taking the last bit of blood that she got from, whoops, wrong, uh, Uraraka. And that she's just been carrying around. Right. Yeah, she, yeah. Well, she carries the blood on her. It's like the last vial that she got from before. Because mm -hmm. uh, she's turned into her a few times. And out of desperation, she reaches out and kind of activates Uraraka's quirk, which she's never been able to do before. Like, she's only been able to copy people's appearances, never their abilities. And that, combined with her speech, just touches everybody that's attacking her, makes them float up into the air, and just makes them plummet to their death. And oh, this is a great still. There's a lot of murder in this episode that we yep. don't see from the hero side of things that we do get to see here. Like, you know, her just turning everyone into pancakes on the pavement. Um, Shigaraki. Blood flying in the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, was wild. I was like, ooh, Jackie got her gore fix for the day. Yep. <laughs> I'm surprised that they went that dark with that. Like, I was like, oh, is she going to make them all like float away? But attack on Titan level right here. Like, yeah. seriously. I was Honestly, like, okay. What would be worse, plummeting to the ground or constantly floating until you just leave the atmosphere? So, basically, what you're suggesting is would I rather fall to my death or suffocate? Because yes. if you float away in the atmosphere, you're going to get oxygen deprivation, which means yes. you'll go crazy first because you'll start seeing stuff Yep. versus uh, I think the splat would be quicker. If I have to die, I think I'd rather <laughs> splat, but I'd like to be facing upward. I think I don't want to stare at the ground. At the same yeah. Time. I'm okay with what Lindsay picked. <laughs> okay. Hopefully I don't want to be looking down. If I was looking down, I'd be like, help. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> there you go. Twist yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jeez. Um, and speaking of to and Toga, basically, she she uses the last of Uraraka's blood and just finds a shed to collapse in. She's not doing well. And on the subject of uh, everyone just kind of having a, someone pointed out in chat, it's very much like a uh, Super Saiyan moment where you're, you you evolve under pressure and everything. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Uraraka, not Uraraka. Um, Shigaraki. Shigaraki. Oh, Shigaraki. Sorry. Yeah. His decay is getting stronger. Yeah. That was wild. Jackie, you would have loved this scene in the manga because oh, really? it's not grayed out like this. Oh, were they just exploding people and they were just like... It's decayed bodies, yeah. Like you see the blood and stuff oh, like, like that. Like flesh falling off and stuff? Yeah. Well, oh. like the shot right before this where he grabs the person's face, it goes a bit more detail. Like you see the hand move across the face and what treks behind it. Ooh. And what? I need no, to this that. this episode it is bloodier compared to what we had before. It's still very much held back in terms of how gory it is compared to the manga. Um, like it is probably the most. This and the arc after this are probably the bloodiest. You wouldn't expect it to go this hard in terms of like damage and stuff like that but spinner is watching from a distance he's like he didn't touch all of those people how did he decay them all at once oh like it was like a domino effect like he yeah. touched or like some a people bubble he put out or something oh, yeah or like a bubble sort of yeah like, i don't know no. um so someone asked in chat did curious die i didn't think so but i mean she was floating oh no she's dead she's dead dead yep she's dead 
She deserves it. As a fellow journalist, I was really annoyed. Oh, no, she's an absolute insult to everything that we stand for. Damn, I kind of like Curious. I thought she was cool looking. She did have, like, a cool look and, like, a cool, like, motivational thing. Yeah. As a recovering TV news journalist, I was getting a lot of, like, flashbacks. Like, because it's, like, when you're a young junior reporter, you want that, like, story so badly. And you're, like, hunting after it, like, so badly. You literally start losing your mind. And I just felt like she had, like, she was just had lost her marbles. Like, you know what I mean? It was, like, she became far too... Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. Did you ever watch that? I didn't, but I should. think I remember the... Co- oh, wait, wait, wait. That's the one where, like, he's, like, a... A writer, I don't, right? I don't want to go, like, way too off topic. But basically, yeah. like, he ends up um, being a, a cameraman and trying to sell footage to news programs, mostly of, like, car accidents and stuff like that. And so he ends up trying to find ways to, like, get there first before even the ambulances and stuff so he can get the footage to sell to the news programs. And anyway, he's completely bonkers. So yeah. it's great. It's great. It's a horrible story, greatly acted, and everyone should watch it. That's all I'll say about that. But, yeah, she reminded me of him a little bit. So she's dead. I thought that she was somehow going to get out of that. Like, no, but, okay, she's, she's gone. I mean, that was short-lived. She, have she's we ever seen dead. her? Did we see her at all during like the Endeavor arc part? Because that takes place in the future from what's happening right now. And I'm trying to remember like if we've seen her at any point prior to when we went back. No, in time. because any this this is the weird this is the weird thing with the way the story is told because mm-hmm. this technically is taking place before the Endeavor arc. Right. Yes. Uh, right. No, we did not see her at all during the Endeavor arc. Okay. Okay. The 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 anime is trying to like hide things or cut scenes out the only place we would have seen her is in that scene where hawks was at the meeting uh-huh. and we saw like a bunch of people like we saw the league of villains and we saw some other people cloaked in shadow uh-huh. we didn't see all of those people cloaked oh in shadow. okay okay i remember that scene yes okay so she wasn't at the table so we would, well yeah we would we didn't see her we technically didn't really see anybody and that's the way everything is gone but conspiracy theories away she's dead like okay that's, yeah. that's I'm kind of disappointed by that. I was hoping we'd see more of her. But, all right. Bye. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Somebody in chat asked the names of the other people. And uh, Trumpet is the one with the glasses with his hair slicked back. Skeptic is the one with the bangs that looks like a gorilla's character, yeah. potentially. And then Geten is, like, the ice guy. Yeah. Uh, and then Sliding Go is the, the guy that we were talking about earlier. So This is Geten. So okay. He was pretty cool. He was cool. He's alive. Ha, ha, ha. He's gone too. Puns. He was. She, did, she didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose, and that made it even better. He kind of looks like uh, Ice Climber from Super Smash Bros. Oh, on bad. Yeah, if they were possessed by the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. That's a really good description. That is Ice Climber possessed yeah. and scary AF. I I liked him. I'm kind of yeah. sad. Like I was like. You know, with Overhaul, we got to meet him and his crew, and, like, we got to know them a decent bit. Like, I'm kind of like, oh. I don't know. Overhaul had a bunch of other, like, long beak dudes who worked from the... I couldn't tell you their names or anything about them if you ask me. Like, I guess that's true. He had his own henchmen. Oh, Lindsay, Curious is a Sailor Moon villain. She is! She is. She is. Because, like... I don't know. They all the Sailor Moon villains are like low key sexy aliens or something. I don't know what <laughs> happens to them. They like are like an, first of all, everyone in Sailor Moon is like gorgeous. Like there's no like ugly person in Sailor Moon. They're all like beautiful looking people. And then they would like turn into these like 
basically outfits and hair that I wanted. Like it was just like amazing. But she's like, and then they would like shout, they become like a journalist, but a crazed journalist. Right. Like, right. Jewelry store owner, but a crazed jewelry jewelry store owner. So like she's literally a Sailor Moon villain. She's a, yeah, she would totally fit in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would make sense because especially the early Sailor Moon villains were all about let's take this thing that people really like and kind of make it bad. Yes. Uh, or make it addictive addictive or make it problematic. I want a journalist Sailor Moon villain. Um, but... <laughs> there definitely was one. Totally well, she like, turned into a journalist so once too, didn't she? Yes. She was like, you know, yes. she was like transform. Oh, Sailor yeah. Moon guys, sorry, I'll shut up now. But no, it's great okay. show. We're we're yeah. almost done with the general recap because, ostensibly, after that battle happens, the final like five minutes of the episode is basically like, here's where everybody is. Dobby is fighting the ice climber. He's gonna um, win because he's a fire guy facing ice. Like, come on, guys, play Pokemon more. Fire has the advantage over ice 100% of time, 100% effective, super effective. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Dobby could have just roasted this dude and then he would have like disintegrated and steamed away. Well, he does make a comment about Dobby saying like, why aren't you using your well, your flames right away? Mm. Something along those lines. And he, he basically like shoves it off and then that's when he gathers all the ice to like make that big ass ice dragon. Um, and... Uh, Compress is just trying to figure out where the hell everybody is. Shigaraki's walking around in a daze. Um, Spinner is with Shigaraki. And twice found Toga. Aww. And we also find I love them. They're such a weird pair. He's like a <laughs> guy in his mid-30s and she's like a teenager. And I and I don't think it's romantic. No, it's it, like he yeah. cares about her and wants to make sure she's okay and like I don't know. At least I haven't picked up on that. I just kind of like think he. No, I don't cares think it's supposed her. to be yeah. romantic. Don't tell the fandom that, um, because yeah. But <laughs> no, he cares. He's worried because he knows I'm that everyone's in. It's fine. He knows everyone's in over their heads. She's technically the youngest of the group. She's only seventeen years old, and he's having a straight up panic attack because we also in the last minute find out. Uh, skeptic's ability is he can make basically homunculi or like little puppets out of inanimate oh. objects and he can make them look like however he wants and I don't know if you guys picked up on this all of these things look like twice. I did pick up on that which must be like really messing yeah, with Yeah I him. was confused as to what was going on here so he finds her he's yes. obviously upset well this is a horrific screen cap like yep. it's actually like not funny like it's like it's horrifying me right now to look at like he you can feel his pain that's really really good art really good screen cap because um he's got this we take that down now though no sorry yeah. <laughs> there we go. i was like jeez but yeah like what 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 was going on there well we got a little bit of twice his backstory in previous seasons yeah. about how like he made a bunch of clones of himself he basically made his own gang of himself and then they all kind of like got confused as to who was the the real the one. real one, real yeah. one. So yeah. they all tried to kill each other, and he was the only one that's left. So he has a massive complex. Does he about, even know is he the real one? one? That's he what doesn't, like... and that's what's terrifying him. Oh no! That's why he wears that mask because he can't stand to look himself in the face. He has oh. split personality disorder because the mask and like the costume. He thinks that's keeping him together, basically. Yeah, he literally worries like he will split apart. Oh man! And now here he is looking at himself, 
about to hurt him and potentially one of like his best friends. So he is literally living his worst nightmare. Yeah, that's gotta be feeding, that's gotta be feeding into like his his own um, like insecure, like mental illness and insecurity, right? Cause he, he, he's already not sure about his own identity, like who he really is, um, if he's the real one, things like that. And then he's confronted I'm just imagining like he's confronted by these doppelgangers that were was sent by skeptic, but I feel like from Twice's perspective, he won't immediately think they're like dot like enemy doppelgangers. He's gonna freak out thinking that they're like the real hymns coming back like to like come replace to him. Out, yeah, yeah, coming. You know, it's just gonna feed into all of his anxieties. And I need my boy Twice to like make it out of this. Like I'm really worried about him. I like that character a lot, and I need him to be okay. So, no, um, they can't kill twice. No, twice is Game of Thrones. Sh- there, you can't do that. Nope. I will cry. I will, yeah, legit I will be happy. Cry. I will not be happy. I'm not even lie. Like, I know people love Toga and like she's amazing, and I wouldn't want to see her go. But like, honestly, like I've never really understood like the huge like obsession with Toga. Like, she's a cute vampire girl. I got it. But like, twice the backstory hit me like a freaking rock i don't know why and then like toka's backstory i actually like this was the most like i felt connected to her and she had a crazy backstory like i mean she it kind that one hurt you know like she was like i just want to be normal so bad and so she was like hiding this and she's like i forgot what she said to curious but it was something like i can live a normal life i will be and like that literally gutted me like it was like oh that that hit me you know what i mean because i think let's all be like no one's on the scale of being a vampire high schooler you know but we've all been like hey i come from a really bad home i'm dealing with my own trauma and i'm sitting here and i'm just smiling and want everyone to think i'm happy and i'm dealing with all this stuff on the inside so i think like a lot of people could relate to this you know what i mean like obviously again hers on a much bigger scale but it's like that when she, when she was talking to Curious and she was like, I will be normal. I will have a normal life and like all stuff. I was just like, oh gosh, this like poor girl. That was the first time I think I actually felt sympathy for her. I feel like she's always just been kind of a troublemaker and a little annoying to me. Like I understand why people liked her, but that was when I was like, oh gosh, like she just wants people to see her she wants to be truly seen you know what i mean like she just wants to hide herself i don't know yeah i feel like so i don't know how much of the backstory we saw in the episode is accurate and how much of it was curious like writing it and telling her how it was because she's like sort of she's trying to build a story around this character Mm -hmm. and she's saying all these things we don't really know where she got that information and a lot of it himiko is like denying she's like no and also I'm not going to tell you, and also I'm not talking to you about this, I don't trust, you know, while also, like, fighting for her life the whole time. So I don't know how much of it was accurate. That's true, too. I feel like at least some of it was, we know that, okay, so we know that her power is that when she drinks the blood of, Agent, does it have to be a person, or can it be, like, any warm-blooded thing? If she drinks this blood, she can take on, uh, like, because we see her as a kid, drink a little bit of bird blood in this yeah we've never seen and at least as far as i know she's never tried doing something like that because that's not really personally that's not her preference as far as like drinking people's blood she has an intense fixation probably because of her quirk i don't it's implied that her quirk is kind of a mutation that nobody really 
thought about. Like, I don't understand why her parents are so shocked by her being interested in blood and stuff because you know quirks are kind of hereditary and everything. Right. So that would that would imply that like what if her parents have quirks that it isn't her quirk doesn't resemble theirs or it's mutated in such a way that it's like yeah. they find it repulsive. So her parents have rejected her, which is something we've yeah. seen as a reoccurring theme throughout the show. We kind of we saw it with um you know endeavors trying to come back from that from like rejecting and distancing from his own children. And then we've got Himiko where um She's got this fangy smile that uh, they keep saying looks like a demon. They, yeah, they keep saying that she looks like a deviant or that she looks like, you know, she's like unhinged or something. And yeah, it's a little creepy, but it's definitely probably for anime fans. I feel like it's on the line of like it goes into that creepy, cute territory. That, yeah. You know, so I didn't People find love it. love her. People love Toga. Like, yeah. Super popular. Yeah. So, you know, she's always kind of grinning in a way that. The adults around her find unsettling. They find her quirk unsettling. Um, and the way that it seems like she uses her quirk, like as it extends out to Deku and Uraka and whatnot, you know, like as kids, we we idolize certain people, usually like celebrities or writers or, you know, characters and things that we really enjoy. And one of the things that we sometimes do to like share that especially with characters we enjoy is we cosplay as them. We like dress up as them and become them because we want to, you know, sort of be that person, right? This is like an extreme of that. When she feels that towards another person, she also wants to look like them and kind of like become them, but she doesn't dress up like them. She drinks their blood and actually physically takes on, you know, so it's, it's a, it's an extreme to that point. But I feel like if you think about it in those same, as it being like related to that same sort of, idolation or um, just enjoyment, then it's not really that weird in concept. It's just like cranked up to 11. Well, it didn't have to be. And I think that's kind of the point. You brought up a very good point, Lindsay, that I didn't even consider when I was reading this in the official manga about how much of this is really real and how much of it is being spun in a certain way, like unreliable narrator, ostensibly. Because you can tell Toga doesn't like talking about herself. Right. Before and... If anything, she that's part of the reason why she's angry about everything because, and I related to this actually a little bit to get a little little personal into things. It's, I, there are those situations where when people act out or they'll do something that other people uh, might disapprove of, even if it's not technically hurting anybody, it sucks to kind of be told, just lock that part of you away. Right. And just put it somewhere else. Put those emotions in a box and let them out at a different time. And you have this little girl who's not really doing anything wrong. She's not hurting anybody. She's just really is drawn to blood. Like part of it is her own instinct and urges and everything. And basically it's, it's like being told, oh, the thing that you really wanna do, you can never do it because we don't like how that makes you look. We don't like how that makes you come off. Her parents have rejected her. So she thought, okay, I'll do that. I'll just bury those urges and feelings. And that's the imagery with the mask is really good because she just puts on a mask. She shows everybody what they want to see. And then she, the problem with that is those emotions have to come out. Those urges have to come out sometime and it comes out. And when you suppress it for too long, it comes out in the worst way. Right. So like she, I know this is her like viewing something that Deku did, but also I guess that it's wasn't kinda, Deku. Oh. That was the boy she 
did she end up killing him? I know she definitely her, yeah. like sucked his blood up, so she, he did die. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, so he does resemble Deku. He does resemble Deku. That's intentional for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I assumed that she had some sort of psychotic break, and that's what caused the like. She can't couldn't suppress her urges anymore. And yeah, ate some folks. So to I, death. Is that I, from the episode? That must have been. That's from the episode. Like, just oh yeah, it was. It was creepy. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of good discussion about this in chat. Um, like a ton of people are like sounding off about it. Um, but like a lot of people are just talking about like how she wasn't like able to express herself. You know what I mean? Like she was constantly like told like this is wrong. This don't express this. And you know, AJ was talking about that with like with emotions. You know. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I, I, like I said, I did not find Toga very likable before this moment, but then I realized like, it's, it's sad. Like with her dying moment, she didn't even want to be herself, but she wants, she changed to Ochako, right? Like yeah. you're Raka. She would like literally hates herself so much. She was like, I don't want to die. Like being me. I want to look like a normal, cute, like bubbly girl. You know what I mean? Like who everybody likes and like that, just saying that out loud, like guts. That's me, another you know? good point that I didn't even think of. Yeah. What oh no, when she changed into your Raka, I was like, no bro, this is bad. You know what I mean? And she knows Deku loves your Raka. So I think she wanted to feel like love too. You know, like it was just like all this stuff. I was like, oh, this is gutting me, you know? Yeah. Um, And some people were talking about like if her parents had, and like, there's a lot of things here that like we can't, you can't blame anyone. And like, that's like one thing that kind of like irks me but when we're having these deep discussions is that we're like, Oh, he's crap. And she's crap. And did it like, it's like, it's getting harder to do that. Yeah. The parents, their child is eating a bird. You know what I mean? And like, they're freaked out of their minds and like, they don't have, no one trained them to like AJ said at the beginning of this episode, quirks were happening and people didn't know what what's going down. Like, yeah. It kind of reminded me of my brother who struggled with heroin addiction. Like my parents were like, stop doing this. You're embarrassing the family. Like, why are you doing this? And it was like, he needed to go get treatment. And I was with my parents. We were like, why are you doing this? But we, we were not equipped to deal with this. You know what I mean? They weren't his parent, her parents were not equipped to deal with this, this urge that she was having, you know? And so then you could go even deeper and be like, you know, she had this addiction and like no one was allowing her to express herself and like she hates herself and people were just constantly telling her like this is not the way to do it. And like, I don't know, this, this, I didn't want to no one actually myself or anything, but it's no, just no, no. like really, really gutted watching this. I think there's a lot of different like approaches you can interpret with, with her nature. And I think all of them at least draw some forms of sympathy, right? Because no matter which way you spin it, this isn't how she was born. Like she didn't have... <laughs> Yeah. And he, so I don't no, know. This is this started with how she was born, and it got worse because no one wanted to deal with who she was, or they didn't they didn't know how to how to channel it into a reasonable outlet, like real talk. Yeah. Like they could have, I don't know. Um, once they found someone out she had a blood this, bank, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Have, you know, arrange something like that. I mean, quirks are causing all sorts of strange new things to occur that need consideration. This girl's got like a blood addiction, you know. Um, but Lindsay, that's like easy for us to all say. I'm just like, we have to think about like, 
imagine the parents' perspective, like. Oh, it would be totally horrifying. Out. I yeah. mean, I was going to get into that a little bit as like, as, as the parent, you know, um, yeah. and I had told a uh, lost thief earlier, your kids will always do at least one thing that's going to like worry you. It's not yeah, yeah, necessarily yeah. dangerous or something you need to steer them away from, but you're going to side eye them a little bit. Like, uh, you know, maybe they're, maybe you're going to flip through one of their notebooks and there's going to be some creepy art in there and you're like do i need to talk to them about this is this you know is this a larger thing or was my kid just having a certain day and that was how they were getting those feelings out you know um 100%, yeah. you would talk to your kid about those things. see right. and that yes. is and the thing lindsay you would talk to your kid about it you are did not you try kid being like and but this is the thing too like i know from being on the perspective of my family and when we were dealing with ian and he had this addiction like we didn't understand this was you know heroin addiction was like looked at as like this awful thing how could someone get involved with this and like you know what i mean so we were just like panicking like i right. think that you know any parent when they if they saw their child was like sucking blood and killing it like you know they were in panicking mode and that doesn't make it right like i wish that they had proper counseling and they knew to be like we all need to calm down. We all need to have a discussion here and we need to find a compromise. But they were, it was a highly charged emotional situation. And I'm not saying that the parents were like, I think that like what they did was wrong, but it's also like the whole family was so screwed up by what had happened. And it's like, it's just a, a sad situation, like all around, you know what I mean? She started showing her pathology towards this about the age of four. That's about the age she is when she's, when she's with the, the bird. Right. And at that point, you know, we don't think she's killed the bird. She found the bird and maybe she, and because of how her feelings are tied to blood, you could very easily say, Oh, well, she felt, you know, sympathy towards this animal. She an affection toward this injured animal and her the only way she knew to comfort it was to drink a little bit of it she didn't like twist its neck off or you know do something yeah. that i would consider violent but it is still creepy and parents you know my kid brought to me an animal that he found and it looked like he ate some of it i would be concerned and i would tell him not to eat dead animals that he finds you know because that's a problem yeah. and i you know there are things that as a parent you you know you want to direct them in the most like positive way initially. That doesn't mean you're not freaking out in the background. And there are also a lot of, you know, things that you try to prepare for as a parent that you just can't, especially when you get like a diagnosis or something, or there's some other issue and you wish that they didn't have it because you wish that they didn't have to suffer through That's that right. or exactly. be targeted because of it. And you worry about them constantly. I'm just talking about myself now. She, do you think her, their, her parents wanted her to suffer? Like her parents were like, please stop doing this. Cause like, we're, we're worried about your future. You know what I mean? We're worried about you getting bullied. We're worried yeah. about you being targeted. We're How worried society about will view you, etc. Exactly. I agree. I'm a little less Poorly handled. Poorly handled. Do you know that, what, Is there more about her parents later? Or no, no, there isn't more. I'm just talking from my own personal experiences because it, it's interesting hearing your perspective as, as a mother, Lindsay. I work with kids as part of my full-time job, specifically neurodivergent right. kids with ADHD and OCD and intense, intense behavioral issues. I'm talking, I'll break a window and threaten everybody if I'm feeling the slightest negative emotion. Mm -hmm. And 
it's, I wish I could say that every parent cares like you do. A lot of them don't. Or they're oh. not, or they're, they don't not care. They're not mentally equipped or emotionally equipped themselves to deal with it, AJ. And that's what I think with Toga's parents, I don't think they knew what to do and they panicked and they didn't come to their senses, get counseling, try to come up with a compromise. They did not react well. Like but- you said, everyone still, no one blamed themselves after she reached her breaking point. Cause at that point it was already too late. Yeah. And I just think of all the stuff that happens in society where you have people, you, you look at people that are homeless, you look at people that are uh, suffering from severe mental disabilities or have psychotic breaks. And it always feels like once we reach the, oh, it's too late, um, then it becomes even, you can even look at it as an extent to like um, a lot of radical movements, like the Metal Liberation Army right. about it. It's once you get to a certain point once you have that label attached to you you're we no one cares about what got you to that point anymore no one thinks how could we have stopped this or how could we prevent this from happening again i think jackie this was maybe during an episode where you weren't here uh, me and lindsay talked a little bit about how a prevailing theme of a lot of these because we've seen it with twice already and we've seen it with toga it two does not a pattern make but i don't know maybe this will come up again about how these people didn't need to be villains. They slipped through the cracks. Exactly. Right? They and hate themselves. All of them yeah. hate themselves. They're twice and just so got some. They're torturing themselves. Has- they feel like I am not worthy of being a good person, protecting people because I hurt people. So that's what I do. They, damn, Lindsay and I just talked about Neon Genesis Evangelion <laughs> like at length. This is being tied to an identity that you don't need to be tied to. They, as children committed atrocities because they were not like emotionally equipped and they underwent trauma, but they don't have to be tied to that identity, but they have tied themselves to that identity. Shigaraki thinks of himself as a mass murderer and is completely locked in. Toga as well. I mean, like twice, I just think is, I kind of just think twice there for the ride, you know, like he's just like, just keep me out of my own head, you know, but it's like, these people are literally trapped by their trauma. They're also trapped by the, they're villains. A villain isn't defined by, always defined by, uh, like think of it this way, a hero is a job here. In, in this, this, yeah. In, in, this, in this world. It's not always defined. Uh, a lot of, we look at a lot of like comics and stuff like that, like Spider-Man is a hero because with great power comes great responsibility. Not just because he can, he has powers and can swing around. And Hirokoshi, loves Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> Superman, some people think he's boring, but he's altruistic. He always, he's not just a hero because he's all powerful. He's a hero because he practically wants to believe in the best for everybody and try to make situations better. In this society, you're not a hero because you're a good person. You're a hero because you're good at your job. Endeavor, for the longest time, was not a good person. And he is the number one hero. Right. Right. Yeah. I would say, and I would say like with Himiko, like in, in an ideal world in a world where she didn't fall through the cracks. Right. You know, she didn't need to turn out like this. No, she, I mean, there's definitely, I feel like an option where like, yeah. Okay. Maybe she keeps, you know, blood bags in her fridge or whatever. And, 
eventually has a very intense romantic relationship with a couple people that let you know where there's yeah, consens let her suck her blood or consensually or, hey, like there are case study of Anitis, people case yeah. study of Anitis. that's all i'm gonna say the main character spoiler alert is like one of the people's having a reaction he's like drink i'm so into you and all this stuff so i'm like you know there could have been mean, for her honestly honestly not to get too much into it i guarantee you toga would have found someone that was into that yeah like oh everyone's sure. into toga everyone loves toga yeah yeah no but... that's, that's kind of the irony if you think about yeah. it it's like oh you'd never be able to find someone if because you're crazy and a deviant like this i'm like have you not met anime fans yeah i know she's, she's gonna have a fan club it's a, there's a whole genre of of waifu dedicated to this oh, like <laughs> the fact that people loved her so much before knowing anything about her is kind of an ironic meta thing if you think about it yeah it's true yeah but at least within the show itself like there's definitely there she's the product of societal pressure for sure someone pointed that out in the comments she's she's the result of societal pressure to conform which I think we can all relate to on various levels, people saying you need to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way, and any kind of deviation from that can get you, you can lose opportunities, you can lose social, you know, social opportunities, friendships, romantic relationships, all these other sorts of things, just because we're all supposed to fit within the certain norms. And villains routinely in the show and X-Men and all other, you know, lots of other fiction, or sometimes they're not just like big bads and want to destroy the world. Sometimes they're just people who could not con like. He Look at Twice. Does does anyone hate Twice? No. Or think he's a bad guy. No. No. I but he's a villain. Yeah, and Himiko, I think you know, to a certain degree, also couldn't conform. She she tried, and it's implied that you know it broke. She yeah. she didn't fight anyone or drink any blood supposedly for like. Uh, 15 years or something yeah. like that and then i don't know it looks like there was a fist fight and maybe seeing yeah. the blood triggered her and she just like she was gone and then she was on the run and like aj was saying and everyone was like oh it's so you know it's so gross that she did that and she's terrifying and scary and curious and, tried to rewrite it a little bit like oh no aren't you actually just aren't you a victim and she is but curious just wanted to well, that's the interesting thing. Oh, I, I think Curious messed her up so bad. Like, I wouldn't want someone, first of all, physically attacking me and then, like, spelling out my life, like, one of the most traumatic moments of my life. Like, I was like, dude, when she turned into Yuraraka and Yuraraka's eyes, like, all droopy and, like, she's, like, crawling away, I was just like, this is, this is one of the darker fights i've seen were like i'll be honest some of the best anime fights is when the person who's losing is not just physically beat up but is like emotionally like beat up and it was like she was so down at that point aj i wanted to ask like, someone scale just pointed out in the comments and said vlad who's the um he's the teacher character we saw during the yeah, Vlad is a villain is a hero who uses his blood as a weapon like that's his power right like he cuts himself, hardens his blood, and uses it as a weapon. He needs to. He needs to mentor Toga. Like what? But then this is the other thing we're talking about. Like this is a world where quirks exploded and nobody knew what to do, and they're all just trying to figure it out. You that, know. And also, that's why... that was decades ago, though. Yeah. Like, well, before the hero and villain society was integrated. And here's the thing: 
Yes. AJ, you say that was decades ago. Look at our society now. Centuries no, have passed and things are not resolved. It's that's like, the point. I mean, look yeah. at today's society. How many things, things are better, but how many other things are that different from how they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago, right. 200 years ago? It's, it's a... Uh, and, great people, about and things show. may change on paper, but people's minds are still trapped in certain exactly. mindsets. And a so it's, of, yeah. No, no, please continue. No, no, I was just saying like everything that you're saying, like that it, it's, this is a messed up world. It and is. a lot of reactive people who had no idea what they were effing doing. Yeah, that's about it. The one thing I did want to say is like, you know, we all talk about, I think like Lindsay, AJ and I all like, it's like our therapy session sometimes. And I, I vibe with Bakugo a lot because like he expresses all of his emotions like so well and people like, like, you know, you know what he's thinking. I don't know if I would say well, but he, you know what he's thinking. He's, right? Yeah. And yeah, I always about it. Yeah. And I was always like, I was a young Bakugo. Like it was like a pen would like fall into my coffee and I'd be like, what the you know what I mean? Like just we get mad about the stupidest things, had a terrible temper. And then um, not to get like super heavy, but after my brother died, I was like, oh, I hate, I hate that my temper. And like, I don't want to be anything bad. I just want to be good. If I'm alive, I just want to be like this great person. And like, I don't want to have any faults. And so I like completely stopped expressing, you know, when I was angry or like, I tried to like suppress emotions because I didn't want I, I just was like, emotions are bad. I don't want, like, like we were talking about, like she was told not uh, to express herself. And then I ended up getting walked all over by people, not setting boundaries. Cause I, that people say being angry is bad, but it's like, you need to feel those emotions. You need to feel sad. You need to like express yourself because like keeping that trapped in is only going to make things worse internally. And then it just comes out tenfold, you know? So it's Mark, like, that's what happened with cry. her. She was not <laughs> able to express herself. And then this is what happened. And so what happened with me was that I had a breaking point. And then I realized that like, you know, my anger is actually in my hypersensitivity to stuff like Bakugo is actually a gift, but you have to, you can't be going screaming at everybody and saying your mur Lord murder explosion. Like that's not going to make people connect with you. But when Bakugo learns to see past himself and understands that he's hypersensitive and actually has this great tool, but he's able to like learn how to relate to people with it. Like he's going to become the number one hero, everybody. <laughs> Move aside, Deku, Todoroki, who? <laughs> Okay. But I'm just saying that, like, we see with a lot of these characters, they're not able to express themselves right. and they have a lot of problems. Yeah. And that, and with Toga, 100%. And I think the chat was sounding off about it a lot too. And again, not great parenting. Nope. You know what? There's a lot of bad parents out there. I think a lot of us have incurred bad parenting because you know what? Mm -hmm. Parents are human. And nobody is dealing with trauma and, and, and honestly, and, and like any of these issues. And so this is what's so great about this show. Even though the filler was terrible, filler was awful. Like, <laughs> I almost, I almost gave up on this show. She's just, she's just talking to the audience now. Seriously. Like, like but yeah, I, I moments like this. this make me like, you know what? It starts conversations like the ones that we're having. And like, I'm just seeing how hyped like chat's getting. Like, it's just like note after note. You know what I mean? And it's like, we... We need to stop suppressing stuff. We need to express ourselves. We also need to stop hating ourselves so much. I think like 
that is like the biggest thing I see with day in day out is like, and it's not just the, it's not just the villains. Like we see the heroes hating themselves and not coming to terms with their own weaknesses. Okay. I'm off my pedestal now. No, no. Jackie, go. Just kidding. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Jackie, that was beautiful. And like I, I said in the middle, I almost wanted to cry because literally everything that you said is stuff that I was dealing with for the past Lindsay, Lindsay is giving us the levity that we need. If it was just you and me today, but Jack, Lindsay's I think we just a lot of life too. So I think that's why I love it. Is like she is so hardened. You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like for her, she's like, yes, I've seen this stuff. I've processed this stuff. I know what it's like. But Lindsay literally deserves MVP because it's truly, it's just the uncomfortability. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that. That is the biggest thing I took out of like all of these episodes we've seen recently endeavor was uncomfortable about talking to his family yeah now he's messed up five kids or how many kids and his wife you know and it's like because he couldn't have a conversation with them he can't open his big mouth like it's just like and that's and now like, he's gonna have to live separately from them because of yeah. you know how everything turned out it, it's being punished for something that could have been prevented if people just there's this great comment in the chat comfort is not about the absence of issues it's about being able to deal with problems and troubles and you're right it sucks that you that there will be times where we just need help like whether it's therapy or just a person that believes in you or a person that trusts you or a person that'll just hear you out and who knows, maybe they could have tried everything with Toga and she was always destined to end up like this. But it's the tra the tragedy isn't in what she turned into. The tragedy is in nobody tried. Yeah. Or at least, and, yeah, as far as we know, we don't, we don't. Um, as far as we see, no one really seemed to try. It was a lot easier to be like, just, just go over there and we won't look at you until you turn into something that we can't ignore anymore. Right. Yeah. And then that's and then she ran and i mean my my thought too is also like how hard is anyone looking for her no her parents uh, there's that shot where we never see her parents faces that we, shot that I shot where like it about. zooms in on like the monitor we it's like we're we're so embarrassed for our child they never came they let that pride they let that embarrassment define them over the fact that our child might be in trouble yeah like, holy shit like I'm sorry, I'm cursing. I really need to stop. It, <laughs> no, that it, that it, when it zoomed into that little speaker and yeah. they said that, I was just like, "Oh, this poor, poor girl." Yeah, she yeah, was alone, and the only way she feels any sense of love or comfort is by letting those urges take over. Yeah, yeah. By How by living Shigaraki? out. Shigaraki is the same age as Deku, or is he a little older? No, no, he's like early twenties, like twenty. Yeah, I think like. Early college age, yeah. So this is the thing. Like, Toga and Shigaraki are extremely young and extremely vulnerable. Ooh, and they were brilliant. taken in yeah. by a predator who groomed them even more. Yeah. Like, literally the most vulnerable people. Oh I mean, we, we, we would end up... Shigaraki. Yeah, we could go way no. over time, so maybe we should save it for next week. But yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. you could also speak. To, you could also speak to how people like Toga and Twice and stuff are sp specifically susceptible susceptible to radicalization by someone like All for One due to them being very left behind by society. Yeah. Yes, they're very impressionable. They have they have basic needs that aren't being met, like a roof over their head, food on their plate, you know, war a warm place to sleep, all those sorts of things. They've been 
completely cast aside due to things beyond their control. In Himiko's case, it's her quirk. In Twice's case, you know, it's his, his mental illness. And so they are taken in by a manipulator. And I mean, I feel like that is applicable outside of this story as well. But yes. yeah, but that uh, we'll we'll be plenty, there'll be, pl trust me, there'll be plenty of opportunity. This is just scratching the surface. There'll be plenty of opportunities to talk about this throughout this arc, which is why so many people wanted this arc. And yeah. I'll save this for when it's over for all the good things about this episode, knowing what I know, it's like, Ah, uh, could have been handled even even then. It could always have been handled a bit better. Yeah, and, the anime is never going to be as good as the manga. Like I need to start reading the manga. It could have gotten we close. Jackie, just so you know, like this episode made me want to go read the manga as well. And AJ said some things about how the art is particularly good. So I did ask on Twitter when this arc starts. The my villain arc starts in the manga, and it's chapter two hundred and eighteen. So okay. if you go to like the Shonen Jump app. Um, and you have a subscription there. It's like three bucks a month. It's, it's really a dollar a month. Just sign up for it, and you can just read through the whole thing on like we are on not your phone or tablet. Yeah, this is yeah. what happened with me with Game of Thrones. I watched the first season. I was like, I need to know what the hell is going on here, and like I'm reaching that point with my hero. Yeah, I don't know how I even haven't finished Attack on Titan yet. Like I need to freaking do that one too. Just well, new no, season of that drops in January, so you can either do that or you can just wait till January in the anime. I think we'll finally be wrapping up. So I'll wait. All right. I want to thank AJ and Jackie for uh, both being here this week, doing the hard talk about this yeah. episode. You I know, need to lie down. Of, yeah, I know. I'm gonna go like eat a cookie. I baked some cookies. I think I'll just have a you know free cookie or something or some Oreos. Anyway. So thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll be back again next week um, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can also sign up for our newsletter at www.amianewsnetwork.com slash newsletter. We've also got an interview up today on YouTube, or I guess if you're listening to the podcast, it went up yesterday. So if you go to our YouTube channel, we've got interviews with uh, the dub voice actors for Dabi, Himiko Toga, Shigaraki, and Redestro talking about their characters. So if you're enjoying this arc and want a little more insight into how the actors are approaching it, make sure to check out that video. And also, I'm sending my love to all of you because this was a little rough. So I hope you guys, everyone have a great week and we'll see you next time. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.